Welcome into the program today, the Bill Michaels Show, back in studio. Back today, then at the Wisconsin State Fair on Thursday and Friday. Sturgis, South Dakota next week, all over the place. And uh, then eventually going to be up at uh, Packers Training Camp as well. We got all that coming up. So uh, a lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happening. But uh, the Brewers traded yesterday. Um, they, they made some moves, and they... Some of them met with, you know, praise. Others met with, well, I don't know if this is good or bad, but we are going to trust in David Stearns. Others say it's awful. Uh, now that the dust has settled, Ben Kenny, producing the program today, now that the dust has settled, uh, give me your thoughts 24 hours, less, just less than 24 hours later since uh, Josh Hader has been traded away. I still don't like it. More so for the fact of the message it could send to the clubhouse right now. I -hmm. understand the thought of trading him and looking to the future and control and paying and all that stuff and building up the team. I just still don't get a team in first place that has the chance to contend what it could look like trading away a star. Like if Taylor Rogers comes in and he blows a save, what is the reaction like in that clubhouse? So overall, I don't like it. I mean, uh, some people are talking a lot of sense with the reasoning behind it, but just overall, I I wanted to see this team go. I go all in is a very cliche term, but I wanted to see this team really lean towards buying instead of taking this route. In case you missed it, uh, the Brewers got that activity underway yesterday, trading away Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres, and it brought back uh, you know some current big uh, bullpen help. Um, in the form of uh, Taylor Rogers and Lamette, as well as a pair of prospects in the outfield in Ruiz and a pitcher, Roger Robert uh, Gasser. Now, uh, driving the trade was, as they say, the long-term competitiveness for the Brewers, but having short-term options to replace Hayter also critical. Make no mistake about this. You wanted to be able to stay viable, for the here and the now. But this was about getting rid of money. Now that I've absorbed it, now that I've kind of looked at this, read about it, because, look, I knew what my initial reaction was, and sometimes you need to step back and get out of the emotion, and you need to say, okay, what is everybody else saying? Uh, And national writers, local writers, I started reading all of them, Todd Todd Rosiak, Adam McCauley, everybody. And uh, who are closer to the team? Um, I'm sure it was a difficult decision because of everything that Josh has been, specifically recently, you know, having his child, taking some time away, wanting to call Milwaukee his home, being outspoken about that. So any trade in baseball is difficult. But when you got a guy like Josh Hader, you know, that, that really a guy that wanted, how many times do we talk about people wanting to be in Wisconsin, wanting to be in Milwaukee or Green Bay or or wherever? You know what I mean? And you got a guy that wanted to be here. You know what I mean? So that's hard. And it, it, it's why did the Brewers make the move? And was it a wise one to make? They They made the move. Because they wanted to get rid of the salary. It was a little bit of a surprise because I thought it would be more done in the offseason and don't weaken your bullpen now, but they did it. They got what they could. 
They took the desperation of what seemed to be the San Diego Padres, and they turned it into something. So you do that. Um, How the current struggles played into this, I don't think they did. Uh, After listening to uh, podcasts and and reading the the whole thing about, well, he's on the downside, he's starting to break down, I, I I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think this was strictly a money dump. We can't pay him. We got to get something for him. The Brewers can get somebody that can kind of be plug and play in, in a guy like Taylor Rogers if they choose to use him in that sense. They get a buy low candidate in uh, Lamette who has a lot of upside if he can return to that form from a couple of years ago. He's he's not there right now. And you got a key couple of guys that are kind of wild cards in the deal. That that that's it. I, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Now you just say, do I trust in David Stearns? Yes or no. The whole I, I saw vitriol yesterday regarding Mark Antanasio. And I get it as a fan. You know, you're watching the Yankees and the Padres and the Dodgers, they're going. They're stocking up, man. The 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 Padres, they're going to get Tatis Jr. back. They're still in the – now, they seem to have the inroads to Juan Soto. You watch what's going on in New York with the Yankees, not to mention the fact that they're going to end up paying Aaron Judge three, four, five hundred million dollars before time it's all said and done. And you know they want to keep him, you know. You're watching the Dodgers, and the Dodgers – who last year you thought Scherzer was going to end up going to the Padres and the Dodgers just swooped in and grabbed him and they just dumped a bunch of money and a bunch of a bunch of prospects into the deal. So you just watch the way some of these big teams, these big money teams operate, you know, and you, you're like either one, you want your team to be like it or you think just this is so incredibly unfair. You want your team to be that competitive nature, you know? Then the Brewers went out and they got the, the reliever Matt Bush from the Rangers. They picked him up, so they picked up another arm. That big bat that everybody's kind of waiting on doesn't appear to be any closer. Now, today is the trade deadline day, and we're going to pay attention to Twitter and watch Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal and John Morosi, and we're going to watch all the national baseball writers. Absolutely. We're going to pay attention to them. MLB trade rumors, we're going to watch all of that and see what happens. I, I There's going to be more of a flurry of activity, and Soto has not fallen yet. The The Washington Nationals are still sitting there with Juan Soto and his services. So I, I don't think the blockbuster deals are going to come anywhere near Milwaukee. I still think there's one more deal to be made. We'll wait and see what it is. But you also have to ask, if they don't make a deal, how much do they really believe in the current roster that's on the field and saying that, oh, yeah, we're, we're World Series worthy. Because what you wanted was you wanted Hayter in the back end of the bullpen. You wanted Burns and Woodruff and Peralta in the front half. You wanted Devin Williams as your setup man. You wanted that staff to be fortified with enough bats to get you to a World Series. Because this is what you've been doing. You've been toiling away as a Brewers general manager. You've been watching this grow as a Brewers fan when you wanted to see all your fruits of your labor, your efforts start to come together. When the guys that you had controllable, you had them locked up. You have them for a year or two more. You want to put all this together. You got really good pitching, right? Because we all know it's about pitching. All you need to do is then supplement that offense. 
put it together. And instead, the first the first salvo is fired, and that is, oh, by the way, here's just one of the guys we're not going to be able to keep, so we're going to dump him. That's, that's kind of where I'm at today. So on one hand, I'm a little excited. I know the Brewers are still three games up in the division. I, I get all that. On the other hand, I am uh, a little sad because I'm watching what is now and forever will be, unless there's a major change and shift in Major League Baseball. I'm watching a small market team try to survive. Instead of going for it, instead of pushing, instead of pushing all the chips to the table, I'm watching a small market team try to survive. And that sucks. Just does. The gratification, the satisfaction will be 10 times as great if they do get to and win a World Series because they will have done it against the odds. But you know that that light only shines on that dog's ass every now and then. It's not an everyday occurrence. That's it. Uh, so they're still moving. Uh, there's still moves going on. Uh, t- twins are uh, going to the Orioles uh, to pick up Lopez. The Baltimore Orioles uh, contending for a wild card spot this season, but that hasn't stopped them from acting like sellers at the trade deadline. We all know that. Uh, Trey Mancini goes to the Houston Astros. Orioles are finalizing a trade to send their closer Jorge Lopez to Minnesota, according to Jeff Passan. The Orioles are going to get four minor league pitchers. Four. Left-hander Chade Povich, right-hander, well, I don't need to go through the list. They're all minor leaguers. Who cares? Lopez, 19 saves and four uh, with a 4-6 and six record this year. Jake Odorizzi goes to the Braves from the Houston Astros. They're trying to make deals. So it's a lot of teams are moving people. Brewers are just trying to tread water right now. Fair or not, that's what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670. That's the phone number to get a hold of it, should you choose to do so. Then you've got uh, the uh, the Twitter side of things, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can get a hold of us there, at Ben Z. Kenny. You can find at Ben Z. Kenny over on Twitter as well. Track us down on the Facebook fan page. Go to facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels show. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well. Subscribe for free there. Subscribe for free. Go to YouTube.com. You can watch the show, listen to the show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Same thing over on Twitch TV. Uh, You can always find us on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts as well after the program. You can email the show, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And you can always chime in as well when you're watching the program over on the Bud Light live stream and do it that way also. So that's where we start today. That's where we start today. Terry says, Bill, businesses fail sometimes. You're right. Terry, you're right. And and the disappointing thing in regards to Major League Baseball is, Terry, that some teams can fail, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, like the Angels, like the Padres. You know, you take some of those bigger markets, like the Red Sox, and then they go out and buy somebody else. The Brewers fail, and it sets them back for quite some time. That's the reality of what it is. That's the reality. In non-trade news, catcher Jonathan Lucroy announced his retirement today. He's going to be inducted into the Brewers Hall of Fame coming up on Saturday. In case you did not know. Jonathan Lucroy calling it a career. 
There you have it. Uh, let's do this. If you have not heard from the general manager of your Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns, you are going to hear from him coming up next. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse. Joey's got some bocce ball going on this week, as he does each and every week. And if you're going to stop out, maybe put yourself a team together or just go get some good Italian food on the west side of Milwaukee. Either way, it's a great place to hang out. Tell Joey we said hi, walk in, give him a hug. How are we looking? Just stop in. The meatball sandwich is awesome. The caprese salad uh, is fantastic, too. Spaghetti and meatball is really good. I mean, they've got all kinds of good stuff inside Albanese's Roadhouse. Or just sit back, relax, and watch the Brewers game and have a beer. Whatever you want to do. Albanese's Roadhouse right next to Menards on Blue Mountain Road. That is in Waukesha. Tell Joey we said hi. Soon we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Thursday, Friday, we're going to be out at the uh, the Budweiser Pavilion, Wisconsin State Fair Park. Looking forward to it. Come on by. They kick things off musically uh, on Thursday afternoon. Madison County takes the stage. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to stick around uh, a little while on Thursday and catch that. But uh, they got a whole list of musical acts. Holy mackerel! They've got a lot of uh, a lot of bands over the uh, the 11 day run of the Wisconsin State Fair. But uh, if you're going to come by the fair on Thursday or on Friday. Come on in the back of the uh, Goose Island Ale House, and that's where you can find us. We're going to be there. It should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to be hanging out over at uh, the Wisconsin State Fair on Thursday and Friday, then out in Sturgis, South Dakota, at the Full Throttle uh, Saloon. Going to be there poolside on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of next week as well. So we got a lot going on, a lot coming up. But look for us. And, by the way, all of our broadcasts out there and at the uh, State Fairgrounds brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Um, yesterday, uh, right after the deal was done and as the dust began to settle, the uh, the uh, the general manager of your Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns, uh, he ended up meeting with the media. Let's sit back and take a listen as to the reasoning as to why it made sense right now to deal Josh Hader. Today's trade, as we said in the release, is about doing everything we can as an organization um, to continue our mission and our goal of giving our our team as many bites at the apple as we possibly can to sustain competitiveness um, and to avoid some of the um, some of the down cycles that we've seen throughout baseball uh, in the not too um, in the not too distant past. Um, as we look around the industry, um, teams that have been able to sustain consistent competitiveness get into the playoffs, compete for the playoffs every single year. Uh, these are teams that at times have to make very difficult decisions. And today's decision to trade Josh Hader was a difficult decision. Um, we're thrilled with the amount of talent and the diversity of talent that we were able to get back in this trade. We were able to immediately add to our major league team, and we were able to bring in two very high-ceiling, very well-regarded prospects uh, to continue to complement um, our system that will allow us to sustain competitiveness um, for for quite a while. Um, so while today is is a, a, was a difficult decision, and these decisions are not easy to trade good players on a good team, 
we believe it's it's the right decision for the organization um, to to give us the best chance to remain competitive for as long as possible, and ultimately win a World Series. And I'm certainly happy to answer any questions that, that anyone may have. All right, thank you, David. We'll start off questions with Todd Rosiak. Hey, David. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe characterize how quickly this deal came together, and uh, if you know, we we all saw the reports about Brewer shopping Josh Hader. Those have been around for a while now. But what was were there? Can you can you tell us if there were more than one? There was more than one team interested in him, or if you had discussions with other teams as well as San Diego. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Um, So what I'd say is any, for the last three years, and you said it, for the last three years, any time you get into a trading season, whether it was the trade deadline or the winter meetings, uh, we would have teams call us. Um, We have never, uh, we have never made an outgoing call on Josh Hader. Um, And that was true this deadline as well. Um, But we, we have received many incoming calls. Um, and that was true this deadline. And as we always do, we listen. And um, in this case, uh, we had a couple of very aggressive um, teams that pursued Josh. Uh, and ultimately, this San Diego deal was one that we thought was in the best interest of our organization. And we'll go to Sophia. Um. David, I know these are really difficult decisions, and part of that is, is Josh's performance, you know, in his time as a brewer. If you could just reflect on, you know, how much he contributed to the team's success in his time here, the, the four postseason appearances, um, and also just, you know, a player like that that can garner that kind of haul to get four players back. Yeah, look, Josh um, has performed at an elite level here for a long time. He has contributed to some of the biggest moments in Brewers history. Um, and that's how he's going to be remembered here and, and, and deservingly so. And whenever you have a player of that stature who has performed at that level, saying goodbye to that player is really tough. Um, and, and it's uh, especially difficult to do um, in season. Uh, but we felt this was the right time. And, um, and it is only a player of that caliber that can garner such a significant return uh, to make such an impact on the future of the organization. And we'll go Steve McGargie. You said you've gotten lots of calls about Josh over the last few years. Why Why was now the time to do it? Was it just a case that this was the best offer you'd ever gotten for him, or were there other factors at play as well in deciding this might be the time to do it? The, the, the first factor is, is the strength of the proposal that the Padres put in front of us. Um, We believe this is a a very good package of players uh, that benefits our team both now and and for many years to come in a very impactful way. Uh, So that was the first. And then as uh, as Josh has has worked through the arbitration system, nearing the end of his time in the arbitration system, these conversations naturally get um, a little bit more pronounced. Um, and a little bit more focused. And, and I think that the combination of those two factors led to the timing right now. And Greg Matzik. Hey, David, you mentioned Josh's contract situation. How much does your willingness to part with him 
you know, fall on what happened to Josh in the month of July, which was kind of uncharacteristic, along with Devin Williams' performance this season? I think Devin's performance, his ascension um, to to now be one of the best relievers in baseball certainly gives us confidence that we have a very stabilizing force in our bullpen. Um, I don't read too much into Josh's performance in July. Um, Players are allowed to have hiccups. Players are allowed to occasionally struggle. Josh has performed at such a high level that, that I don't read too much into that. Kurt Hogue. David, you mentioned uh, Devin there. Is is Devin going to be the closer, or is it more of a, a fluid situation? And then also kind of mentioning the arbitration um, as things have gone along. It was, it was his salary for next year, you know, kind of getting up there in terms of relievers. Did that have any any say, or was that a factor at all in, in the negotiations and, and not paying that for a reliever? So for, from a, a usage perspective, I'll let Craig handle those questions when, when you guys talk to him uh tomorrow um i'm confident he's going to put these guys in the best position to succeed um and put them in the best position to to help us win games and then look as players go through arbitration and um uh especially really good players go through arbitration they're going to get more expensive and we have to look to see how that fits into the overall roster construction puzzle that we go through every season every offseason um so naturally uh as as they go through arbitration that's going to play a part um, in how we construct our roster. Andrew Wagner. David, when you, when you go after guys uh, and, and add guys to the organization who maybe hit a rough patch like Taylor has the last couple times and, and Lament has at times in his career, is this also a, a statement of confidence in, in your staff that you guys can see in players things that can be fixed and repaired and, and get them to that best version of themselves? I think we've got a really talented um, staff, a really talented uh, group of pitching coaches at the major league level that have proven they can help a lot of different types of pitchers succeed. Um, In in Taylor's case, um, a lot of this was and is uh, reliever volatility um, that we can see. We think this is a a good pitcher who's going to perform for us, um, and we think our staff will be able to get the best out of him. Lance Allen. Hey, David, kind of to follow up on what Andrew was asking, um, obviously there's a risk factor in any trade. You've done so many different types of trades. Um, what is your comfort level in Lamette's, you know, injury history and, and Rogers, just the, the little things he's been going through of late as well. What's your, what's your comfort factor and all that? Look, clearly to, to make a trade like that, you have to, to make a trade like this, you have to investigate um, those types of aspects. Um, and we, we wouldn't have gotten to the finish line uh, had we not been comfortable um, in what we saw from from those two guys. And we'll go back to Todd. David, um, could, could you maybe provide a little bit of background on both uh, Kieberts and, uh, and Gasser, just what they kind of bring to the table? And also, is there a chance we might see Ruiz in the majors at some point this season? Um, so th- there is a there is a chance we could see um, Ruiz in, in the majors at some point this season. He will um, begin his time with us uh, in AAA, and and we'll go there because this is now a player who has had some major league experience, um, a very talented athlete, a, a gifted outfielder. Um, and in terms of Gasser, this is this is in our opinion quietly one of the better pitching prospects in baseball right now. Um, 
he he was one of the targets of ours out of Houston um, in the draft. Uh, the Padres did a great job selecting him, uh, have done a great job with his development for the first year or so of, of his professional career, and we're really excited to get him into our organization. And we'll go back to Steve. You still got about a little over 24 hours left before the deadline. Do you like what you have on the roster now, or do you feel there's still more work to be done, improvements you can make from now between now and tomorrow afternoon? I would say we're always looking to improve, and we are um, very active on the phones right now. We have a lot of conversations that are going. Uh, it, is, it is always difficult to predict what gets over the finish line, but, um, but, but we've got a lot going on right now. And Kurt? David, how critical was it to get impact right now, major league relievers with Rogers and, and Lamette? I, I think it was important for us um, to be able to feel like we were stabilizing um, our bullpen, under understanding how big a piece Josh is to that and has been. Um, and so to be able to, to bring back two major league pieces um, that fit into that group, I, I think is, is helpful. And go ahead, Todd. Yeah, but as far as Lamette goes, how, how confident do you feel about his health? He's obviously had a lot of elbow issues in the last couple of years. Do you feel like he's kind of past that right now? And, and is he going to be looked at strictly as a bullpen piece? Or might do you feel like some spot starts at all? I don't know if he's stretched out enough at this point. Yeah, I think for now we, we would look at him as a bullpen piece. And he is pitching healthy right now. You're right. This is a player with a very robust injury history, um, but he is pitching healthy at the moment. And Andrew Wagner. Uh, David, I think I probably know the answer to this, but due diligence. Were there conversations with Josh's team about a possible extension? I'm not going to comment on the specifics of, of any particular negotiation other than to say that um, over the course of, of years here, we've had many conversations um, with a variety of our players to, to see if, if there's overlap. Um, generally, the, the only ones that become public are the ones that get over the finish line, uh, and all of the other conversations uh, stay behind closed doors, which is where they belong. And back to Greg. David, this is sort of new territory for you since the team has become competitive. Usually you're sending prospects versus sending all-stars. That hasn't really happened at the deadline for you. How challenging is that just to convince yourself and be true to your convictions that it's the right move to make to take an all-star closer off a team in first place? These are difficult decisions. Um, and as as we've done our best to determine how we can extend our window of competitiveness for as long as possible, uh, how we can avoid some of the deep down cycles that certain organizations have experienced. We believe that making decisions like this, regardless of how difficult they may be at that point in time, is really essential. Um, you know, Mark, his family, our ownership group, um, they, they are not interested in a prolonged rebuild ever. Um, our fan base is not interested in a prolonged rebuild ever. Um, in order to avoid those prolonged down cycles, uh, we believe occasionally making a very difficult decision like this um, is needed and, and that's why we made the move today.
And we'll take one final one with Todd Rosiak. David, obviously everybody in the clubhouse is a professional. Many of them have been traded before in the past, but Josh, Josh is obviously a very popular player in that clubhouse with a lot of close friends. Are you, are you concerned at all with, with maybe the reaction from the team or have you heard from anybody about the trade? Um, you know, I'm assuming everybody will move forward in a professional fashion, but when you take a key piece out of the mix like that, sometimes it can be a little bit unsettling for guys. Uh, I, I've talked to a number of our players. I've talked to a number of our coaches and look, I, I think people understand um, the business side of this. People understand that difficult decisions have to be made um, and they're sad to lose a friend. Um, they're sad to lose a, a, a really good coworker. Um, and I, I think they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, but, but sure, it's still tough. You know, a lot of these guys have known Josh for almost the entirety of their professional careers. Um, they've come up together, they've grown together, they've won a lot of games together. Um, and so this was for, for a good segment of our clubhouse. Um, this, this was difficult news. Um, I do think they'll, uh, they'll rally. Um, I think they have confidence in, in the other players we have in our bullpen in our arms and in what our team currently is. Uh, and very understandably, I think, I think there's some sadness about seeing a friend, um, walk out the door. There you go. David Stearns, uh, general manager, your Milwaukee Brewers and the discussion as to why now the timing needed to be for Josh Hader's exodus out of the ball club. We'll talk more about that when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends, Boondocks barbecue, a uh, barbecue burgers and brews. And they're hiring right now. Kitchen staff, they're looking for uh, different people to help out, uh, whether it's full-time or part-time. They have all kinds of opportunities for advancement as well. And they're paying a sign-on bonus. Our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, call them 262-727-7255. 262-727-7255. That's Boondocks barbecue, burgers, and brews, not to mention if you're looking for a good place to eat or just a good place to go, right out there in Oconomowoc, by all means, again, boondocks, burgers, barbecue, brews, all kinds of good stuff. Stop in and tell them we said hi. Going to break a little bit of this down when we come back. Some of the things that uh, that David Stern said I want to address. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. But this is not just a job. Uh, This is a career. Uh, They really do. They train you, whether it's good old-fashioned CNC and and such machining, or you got robotics, computerized machining. Uh, And if you're looking to work with a precision company right here in your own backyard, if you're within the sound of my voice in the state of Wisconsin, it's Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Go to Pindell.com. Right in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Can't recommend them enough. Pindell.com. And if you are looking for a job or a career, they are paying and overpaying just to get good people to come into their system. Uh, They have a great uh, retention rate anyway, but they're expanding. Uh, In this particular 
you know, at this particular time, they're looking to add people, not to replace people. So uh, if you're looking for a good company to go to, go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell.com. So David Stearns, uh, we just heard him speak. And uh, one of the, uh, well, I shouldn't say one of, but a couple of the interesting things. Um, you know, they talked about the competitiveness. And I know many of you over on the Bud Light live stream, email, and Twitter talked about this as well. Competitiveness. And I'm with you. Competitive. First, you got into the discussion of we want don't want a prolonged rebuild. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. The, the R word should not be used right now. You're three games up in the division. You're in first place on August 2nd. First place on August 2nd. So we shouldn't be talking about rebuilds right now. Shouldn't be happening. Okay, we should be talking about a team that's ready to go for it. And then you talked about competitiveness. I understand you want to be relevant. You want to get to the postseason. You want to continue to drive that train. But after a while, you kind of want your team to take that next step. You know, you want to be. The the Yankees, the the Dodgers, the Padres. Padres, by the way, uh, are closing in on the deal, uh, on the verge of acquiring Juan Soto. It looks like the Padres, as we talked about first uh, early portion of the show, they're the front runner for all of this. Now, last year they were talking about Scherzer and company, and all of a sudden the Dodgers came in and got that deal done. But it looks as if all the momentum is heading in the direction for Juan Soto to end up in San Diego. So they're adding Josh Hader. They're adding Juan Soto. They're going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. I mean, they they are gearing up to make a run. And that's kind of what you want. Bill, you know, John Morosi yeah. did just tweet out, as well as others, that the Padres have acquired or have a deal in place to acquire Juan Soto and Josh Bell as well from Washington. Oh, And Josh Bell. Here's my question. If the Brewers don't get a bat, if this is all they do the remainder of the day, are you disappointed? Easily. I mean, Soto and Josh Bell are going to the Padres. Padres are all in. Padres feel like... And the Padres... If if you go and look at like the, the standings right now, they're they're twelve games back in the division. They're one game better than the Brewers, fifty eight and forty six versus fifty seven and forty five. They're twelve games behind the Dodgers, and they are dumping everything into this team right now. Brewers are three games up, winning their division. And they traded away their all-star closer. And, Bill, the return on that Soto-Bell deal are a lot of the guys that you probably had wanted the Brewers to get back for Hater. C.J. Abrams, infielder with the big league club now, the Padres' number one overall prospect, Robert Hassel, and then a couple mm-hmm. other prospects that are highly ranked. So they got a big league infielder, their number one prospect, and a few more prospects. The number one, three, and someone else in the teens from their farm system. Wow. 
going back to the deal that the that the the hater deal, do you still feel like the Brewers now putting the Soto deal into perspective? Do you kind of feel like the Brewers got hosed, or the Brewers just made the deal to make the deal? Wow. It's all about the money, man. It's all about trying to stay competitive, keeping people interested, keeping hope alive, keeping butts in the seats. That's what it's about. That's it. Man. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. So Juan Soto and Josh Bell have been traded now to San Diego for their current, uh, one of their current uh, big leaguers, and I, the name escapes me because I'm not reading it sitting here, but one of the current big leaguers, infielder, and uh, <laughs> and three minor leaguers. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice over the weekend. Today, they begin week two of training camp, and already head coach Matt LaFleur has lost track of what day it is. I can't. What day is today? (laughs) Uh, That's camp brain for you right there. So Monday, we'll be in just in the shoulder pads, and then Tuesday, we'll be in the full pads. So how will putting on the pads make it feel on the practice field? Outside linebacker Preston Smith. Oh, you get to see who's really physical. Some of these guys gain a lot of confidence being in uh, jerseys. And then, you know, that's when you find out who the real men are when the pads come on. Are there any adjustments to throwing the ball for quarterbacks on the first day in pads? Jordan Love. Uh, no adjustment. I don't, I don't feel like it's too much different when you're throwing with pads on. Um, you know, motion, everything's the same. It's just, you know, you got a little bit extra weight on your on your back, so uh, I don't think there'll be any adjustment. Now, the coaches have had high praise for how Rashawn Gary has looked. I asked the outside linebacker what has him so inspired and ready to get after it. It's just, you know, going into year four and, you know, as a team, we got aspirations of going to the NFC Championship, winning it, and, you know, going to Super Bowl and winning. I just want to be a big part of that, so I'm just hungry to make sure I'm an impact for this team. That's Packers outside linebacker Rashawn Gary. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. New bartender out at Sunset Grill in Pewaukee making her debut. So if you're going to head out there and enjoy uh, some sun and fun on the deck, some beverages, some really good food, Sunset Grill Pewaukee. Great place to stop, but now they've got a new bartender out there as well. So uh, stop in and, uh, and say hello. Going to be uh, some good stuff going on this weekend and uh, for many weekends to come out there at uh, Sunset Grill. Looking forward to it. Get out there and enjoy it while the uh, while the sun's still there and having a good time. I know our buddy Randall Hogan's uh, going to be out there. Izzy is her name, the new bartender. Stop in and say hi to Izzy. Um, but uh, Sunset Grill, Pewaukee, right out there on Pewaukee Lake, Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee, as a matter of fact. Go to... Uh, if you want to email them, info at Sunset Grill Pewaukee. Otherwise, just go to sunsetgrillpewaukee.com to see everything that they got going on out there. Breaking news. Breaking news coming out of the NFL this time. As a part of the investigation into the integrity of the game, 
the Dolphins have forfeited their 2023 first-round pick and their 2024 third-round pick and their owner, Stephen Ross. Now, I don't know specifically what this means, but he has now been suspended through October 17th of this year. How about that? After, you know, because we all know that um, basically uh, the decision came down on Deshaun Watson calling on the NFL to say, hey, you don't even police your own owners. There's no way you can ask us to then police the players. You won't do it. So the next day, less than, well, just about 24 hours later, the Dolphins get docked a couple of draft picks, and their owner, Stephen Ross, has been suspended. The Dolphins going to forfeit their 2023 first-round draft choice, their third-round draft choice in 2024. Mr. Ross suspended through uh, October 17, 2022. During this period, he may not be present at the Dolphins facility, may not represent the club at any team or NFL event. He may not attend any league meeting prior to the annual meeting in 2023, is removed from all league committees indefinitely, and he's fined $1.5 million. Mr. Bruce Beal, the Dolphins' vice chairman, limited partner, may not attend either any league meeting for the remainder of the 2022 season. He is fined $500,000. And the discipline informed by the competition committee, their clear guidance that more stringent discipline, including suspensions, should be imposed for tampering violations to deter future violations to safeguard the integrity of of the game. How about that? The NFL got hammered yesterday, and so today they make a statement. There you go. How about that? Uh, coming up just after the top of the hour, our buddy Andrew Wagner covers the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, Forbes.com. We're going to talk with him about this Josh Hader deal, uh, get his thoughts. And now, if you're just tuning us in, Juan Soto and Josh Bell have been traded to the San Diego Padres. How about that? How about that? Bill, I also Soto did neglect Josh to mention, Bell, yeah, go ahead. there's one more guy, Mackenzie Gore, pitcher with the big league club now, former top prospect, is also in the deal. So you're talking about two big league guys that were both former top prospects. They're current number one, number three, and number 14 prospect, and Eric Hosmer in return for Soto and Bell. There you go. You heard it here. News-making day in the world of baseball. We haven't even talked football really yet. Haven't even gotten into that. That's fine. We're going to talk more baseball when we come back. But the NFL dropping the hammer on Stephen Ross, the owner of the uh, Dolphins, uh, getting rid of a couple of draft choices upcoming in 2023-2024. And he has been suspended until the middle of October. Bruce Beal, the vice chairman and limited partner, he's done. This season basically said and uh, may not attend any league meetings or for the remainder of the 2022 season. He's fined a half a million bucks after the league was kind of humiliated in that ruling in the Deshaun Watson case, basically saying, look, you don't even police your own. Why should we police anybody else for you? So the league did something today. Maybe this sets up further suspensions for Deshaun Watson saying we are taking care of our own. Here we go. That's just the first hour of the program. How you feel now, huh? Man, a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.